0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, February 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis and high quality content that is kind of having an existential crisis about this team. Like what is, who are the Flyers? Like what are we doing here? I don't know, but we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get all of our episodes every day here on the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we're going to just get a little gut check on the Flyers where we are, preview our home and home with the New York Rangers. And it's Friday, so we'll have our gritty thing of the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flyers. Tweet us your questions for our weekly mailbag or tell us how you think this playoff race is going to shake out. You can also email us your thoughts to LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So, Danielle, I was just thinking about this playoff race and where the Flyers are. And it feels like the Flyers aren't getting a lot of the conversation here in the greater hockey community in terms of the Metro and who will eventually come out on top. People talk about the caps. They talk about the pens. They're talking about the Islanders, especially after that Pajot trade and that, you know, they're talking about the Rangers now as they're on this little bit of a hot streak, but the Flyers seem to be in this weird no man's land. And I was wondering like, why do we think that is happening?
1: why i mean hmm. i to be honest i think the flyers always fall into that kind of uh category especially in the metro um just because of looking at like their past success you know i mean the caps and the penguins have been dominant for how many years so you kind of expect to see them at the top of the Metro i mean the last time that the flyers were got into the playoffs. They were third in the Metro that that year. So, I mean, I kind of understand why they're not, like, at the forefront of every conversation. Because think about it. Even at the trade deadline, they didn't really do anything too splashy, big, fun. Um, and then even before the season started, they made some moves. Um, but, I mean, getting Kevin Hayes was a huge you know, addition. But I don't know if it was like the funnest move. It definitely wasn't the funnest move in the Metro. So I just think that's kind of historically where the Flyers have been. And I don't think that people watch the Flyers enough to see that, you know, Hey, there is something different about this team. I mean, we see it because we watch every game. Uh, But You know, for those who don't, I don't know if the Flyers have made enough big splashes for them to start focusing in on them, if that makes sense.
0: It does. I feel like, you know, you're right. As, you know, close observers of the team, we see the day-to-day and we see the change from last year to this year. We see, you know, Sean Couturier getting a little bit more respect in the elite, 1C conversation and the Selkie conversation, but, you know... Finally. Like, we see... Yeah, finally. But we, you know, we, we also see... You know some of the small things that this team has done to improve over the past years whether it's a little bit on special teams especially the pk but it's also like the resiliency it's also the depth players stepping up you know we've talked about all those things but i just don't see that as being visible to the rest of the nhl fandom and that you're right that people are kind of riding on past reputations for the flyers and You know, I'm wondering if that could be a good thing going into potential playoff race about, you know, other teams and other fans underestimating the Flyers. Or, you know, is it dangerous because maybe we don't know who this team is, really?
1: You know, I think in a weird way, it's a little bit of both. I think this is new territory for Flyers fans to, like, actually believe in your team (laughs) (laughs) to think like, oh, wow, they really can win this game Um, instead of thinking like, oh, no, they're going to they got the lead, but they're going to give it up or they're not going to come back or another bad start. You know, we're a fragile fan base right now. And, you know, I think that's fair because as as many changes as the Flyers have made, we still don't know. We, I mean, you. We won't know until they just show us, until they just do it, until they just win around, you know. And I think that once you do that, then you'll start to get some of the respect, or you'll start to see some of the respect from non Flyers fans, or you know, fans for, who are in the Western Conference, or even media that's in the Western Conference. Because look at the Islanders. The Islanders were not highly respected until they changed the coach, and you saw the change in the team. And I think that's kind of where the Flyers are at. And if they get into the playoffs, well, when they get into the playoffs, hopefully, um, and they win around, then maybe we will start, we will see, you know, people starting to believe in the Flyers. Because I think that's when the fan base, we will fully believe in them. Yeah. I got. I reached out on Twitter to
0: see, like, other fans, what they thought of the Flyers. And I got a couple of good responses. And, you know, some somebody who was a Bruins fan was basically saying that the Flyers are less than the sum of their parts. That they look at Kutz, Giroux, Voracek, JVR, Konechny, Ghost, and say that, like, the team is producing less than those names would suggest which I think, you know, is a fair assessment to some degree, but again, not as accurate about this year versus past years. And then another person compared the Flyers to the Dallas Stars, which is like they could be amazing or terrible at any given moment, which I thought was a very interesting comparison. (laughs) I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: I mean, it does to
0: some degree, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the goaltending has always been a huge issue in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Goaltending has always been an issue in Philadelphia. Um, The defense looks a lot better in Dallas. The defense looks a lot better in Philadelphia. And now it's kind of you need your forwards to score. And I think that, you know, I think that's fair for both uh, teams. So, yeah, I can see some similarities.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting conversation. Very curious what y'all out there listening think as well. So send us your tweets or emails with, you know, what do you think about this team in the greater scheme of the NHL and, and the conversation? Definitely be curious to hear other people's thoughts as well. So the Flyers have a home and home this weekend, Friday and Sunday versus the New York Rangers, our nemesis of the week. And on Thursday, the Flyers did have a practice, but it was a maintenance day for Matt Niskanen and Kevin Hayes. So the lines weren't 100% accurate, but pretty clear where people were going to slot in. The fun side of it was that Nolan Patrick slotted in for Kevin Hayes as the 2C in practice. And oh my god, did you see any of the practice footage?
1: I saw a little bit of it and just like a glimpse into the future. I love that. Yes.
0: So seeing just some line rushes with Travis Konechny and Nolan Patrick together. And then uh, Nolan and Claude Giroux uh, taking some reps kind of after the official part of practice was over. It looks so fun and it was very exciting to see. Uh, But also just knowing that those were maintenance days was good to hear.
1: Yeah, it was for sure.
0: So heading into the... Games against the Rangers. They did announce that Carter Hart will definitely be a net on Friday, and Sunday's is to be determined, but we'll talk about that. Uh, prior to Thursday night's game versus Montreal, the Rangers are in seventh in the Metro at 34, 24, and 4. They're on quite a tear recently. They are 8, 2 and 0 in their last 10 on a four-game win streak. Their last game was that overtime win versus the Islanders, which, great, a three-point game in division. Not ideal. But um, <laughs> the Rangers had been up and let the Isles score like two or three goals in a row to tie it up, but uh, won pretty quickly into overtime on a Mika Zibanejad goal. Uh, As we recall from trade deadline, the Rangers re-signed Chris Kreider for seven years. He has 45 points so far this season, but in the last five games has one goal and two assists all in one particular game versus the Blackhawks. So while he's been very, very good this season, as of late has been in a little bit of a drought. Uh, They traded Brady Shea to Carolina, and then, of course, we talked about that car accident that has taken Pavel Buknevich out, as well as Igor Shosturkin. Buknevich is still day-to-day, and they have not, as of recording, determined whether or not he'll be available for the Rangers that night. So what, what are we thinking about the Rangers here?
1: you know the rangers ugh, rachel what can i say about them that's not extremely negative and mean I, they're just they never go away like and, and i've said this before but they just never completely go away like why are they why are they 8 and 2 in their last 10 with a four game win streak that doesn't make any sense to me but here they are here we are mika Zabinajad is just amazing and I hate that like I I don't know what else to say I mean their goaltending has always been a strength and again we see that depth that they have and it's frustrating
0: it is uh the aforementioned Mika Zibanejad has 61 points this season and he's averaging a goal per game over the last five starts And he has, you know, five additional assists. So that's 10 points in the last five games, which is a lot. Artemarie Panarin has 32 goals and 53 assists for 85 points this season. That is a lot of production there, which leads to, I think, a top two lines for the Rangers that are super dangerous. You have Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad together on a top line that had been with Buknevich, but uh, due to the accident, I think they have um, Philip Hadom as the additional winger there. Still a pretty intense line there. And then a second line of Panarin, Ryan Strom, and Jesper Faust, who interestingly scored his first NHL goal against the Flyers. <laughs> Uh, back in 2014. So yeah, their top six is pretty lethal. And so I think that's going to be a tough challenge for the Flyers, even though they've been really strong defensively. They're going to have to, I think, work extra hard against these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a top six like that, you're definitely going to find some success. I'm interested to see how the lines match up like how um like who I mean obviously I think that zabinajad's is going to be up against Couturier and but I'm just interested to see who uh or what defensive pairing they put out against Panarin just because he's been outrageous and I mean yeah so he's been very good so I, I'm interested to see how AV plays this um and I'm also interested to see how, you know, the team plays for AV and Kevin Hayes, even though I I mean, they both have had some time in between since they played for the Rangers. But still, this is a big game for the coach and one of your leaders on the team. So I'm interested to see how. Uh, they combat the Rangers. I think it's to and those two lines.
0: Yeah, I think it's to both of those guys' advantage that the first of the two games is at home for the Flyers. So just kind of getting that emotional edge done with at home, and then going to MSG with a game under your belt against the team. Right. I think. I think that yeah. that does yeah. play to both their strengths. I think. And um, as for the defensive pairings, I would not be surprised if um, Haig and Braun go out there against that second line, just thinking with Sandheim and Myers, that they're such like they're a little bit riskier and they're more offensively driven that putting those two guys out there against maybe the Rangers depth lines might be to their advantage and play to their strengths
1: very true. However, I was thinking kind of like, you know, in the opposite that Sandheim and Myers are both very good skaters and are able to kind of combat like maybe their defensive mistakes with like such smooth skating. And I know Myers has definitely, I've seen him so many times like, you know, get back and fix or correct his mistake um by any like player blowing past him. So I wonder, it's just interesting. I the Hague braun pairing makes me a little bit nervous against Panarin, but, you know, Panarin himself makes me a little bit nervous. So, <laughs> Yeah, for
0: sure. On the goaltending side, I'm fairly certain we're going to see Alex Georgiev in net for both of the games this weekend. Um, again, given the um, Shostorkin... Injury from the car accident, and Lundqvist uh, his last complete game played was February first, uh, which was a shutout, but against Detroit. So, uh, Georgiev has a two point nine eight GAA this season with a nine one three save percentage, and I think that that's just kind of what they're stuck with, they, especially as they're trying to climb up in the Metro. That I just don't think that they have confidence in Lundqvist to to play in a lights out way that they would need to against the Flyers which is a very weird sentence to have said
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but I mean still true nonetheless I mean the last couple of times that Lundquist has been in net for the Flyers I mean the Flyers have definitely had some success so it'll be really interesting to see who like I mean we know that Carter's going to start on Friday I wonder if you know if they have Georgiev out again on Sunday if Hart starts on Sunday as well what do you think about that in terms of getting Hart in net at Madison Square Garden? I wouldn't mind it. I obviously don't mind Harder getting more starts um, as we go into like really important games the rest of the season. Um, and I think that Brian Elliott, like either if you say like on the road or not, I think that Brian Elliott has definitely let in some softer goals. So I wouldn't be it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me either way if they started Elliot or they started Hart. I think I'd probably be more excited if they started Hart, but that's just because, you know, watching Carter is exciting to me.
0: Yeah, I think that assuming the Flyers win at home, they have to put Carter Hart in on Sunday because this is an opportunity to test out a playoff light scenario where you have games that are not back to back but close together against the same team and that's your playoff scenario right there and i think it'll be helpful for them to know like how carter reacts to that and how he's able to handle that kind of a an environment and so i think that it's just important for the Flyers to have this information going into the tail end of the season as well as any potential playoff round. That's a really good point. So I'm hoping we get four points out of this weekend because a we need it and b it would help keep the Rangers from being kind of pesky the way they're being right now. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast but my pet peeve with Rangers games at Madison Square Garden is the celebrity watching (laughs) where they constantly like put some celebrity up on the screen you're like we get it you're in new york that's great like they're there
1: yeah i always feel like i'm like oh i hate i can't stand this team but like i really can't stand the rangers so flyers please win both games so we can get out of new york (laughs) here here (laughs)
0: All right, Flyers fans, it's Friday, so as you know, it's time to celebrate our large orange friend, Gritty. So this was a kind of a medium week for Gritty, I would say. There were some things going on. Obviously, we just had, you know, the one game this week, so there wasn't a lot of in-game content, but there were some weird rumblings in mascot land overall, especially in Philadelphia. (laughs) related to the philly fanatic and as we know based on gritty's origin story they actually were developed by the same people and so there was going to be some solidarity there which rolled out in the game against the sharks where uh, gritty dressed up a little like the new fanatic which you know is again is a little fishy given both of their sources but so Gritty had kind of the eye thing with the blue feathers around it kind of like the fanatic and had a blue tail and holding signs saying I stand with the Philly fanatic if you don't come see me So what did you think about that whole Mascot solidarity thing
1: You know I Appreciate it I wasn't Like that big of like I didn't Have that much of a I didn't have that much of an opinion On the fanatic getting like Changed around um, Than some people but I thought that was funny I think Gritty's Very funny and I thought that was Like that was very funny And you know Listen, Philadelphia, we got to stick together. So I appreciated it. Yeah, I did too. I definitely,
0: I don't know that I loved what they did with the Fanatic, but I understand like why that's happening with the lawsuit and everything, you know, in terms of like who owns the rights to the Fanatic. So they made some tweaks, and people are assuming that that's why they did that. And so they kind of readjusted the center of gravity of the fanatic a little bit and so i think gritty was trying to call attention to that a little bit and to i don't know what level of success but uh definitely just putting it out there that gritty will uh, be there for for their fellow mascot in philadelphia so the only other i think like in-game thing that gritty had was uh kind of doing the get in front of the net and try and screen the goalie during the mites game. And it was very very cute just because Gritty, well first of all Gritty was not on skates for this. So was a little bit shorter than normal out there on the ice, but still tall enough that Gritty just dwarfed this uh mites goalie that was in net and it was like it was just very cute. And the the goalie did kind of look a little bit Carter Hart-ish in net there, just with the setup and everything. So
1: it was it was definitely cute. Very, very cute. Um, I appreciated it. Um, one thing, actually, we didn't talk about, or we don't have on our gritty list that I just remembered, was at the um, Flyers Carnival, I believe, um, Jack... And we talked about Jack, who was like a huge fan of Gritty, um, came and Jack is cancer-free. And Gritty took a picture and was like, it's we, my friend Jack is cancer-free. That's a really good, a cute one. Oh, yeah. That is really nice. Yeah. And I think it comes a little bit full circle because we talked about Jack on, you know, the podcast during our Gritty thing of the week. So I'm pretty sure. Sh- was that our first gritty thing of the week? I think so. I can't remember, but like I truly do. It was like our first or second one. Because um, Jack's stories, and he wrote into Gritty. Um, he's from Virginia, I believe, wrote into Gritty because he's in Philadelphia with his getting um, treatment and just talked about how much he loved Gritty. So then Gritty came and surprised Jack. Um, and then we saw a couple other small stories, I think, were. Gritty and Jack did something or for his birthday. And now Jack is cancer free, so that's awesome.
0: That is. I'm so happy. Me too. <laughs> Such a good kid too. Yeah. So one more thing the Flyers did on Thursday was they had a one-day contract sign for a kid through Make A Wish named Blake. And so I'm looking forward to what kinds of gritty content they're going to have with him. It sounds like such a tremendous experience that they're doing. So they did, of course, you know, the contract signing. They had a locker ready for him at the practice facility and uh, having him spend time with Claude Giroux. And um, A.V. is going to have Blake present the starting lineup in the locker room before they head out on the ice and stand at the blue line during the anthem and all of that stuff. So uh, they, and they do mention some specific gritty activities in here in the press release as well. So I hope we get some fun stuff out of that.
1: And I love when kids get to experience this sort of thing. Me too. And I bet gritty is going to make it pretty, pretty fun. So I'm excited to see what they put out And I'm just excited to see, like, him experience that. So that's really fun. Me too. I love that. I love that teams do that, especially the Flyers.
0: Well, thanks for listening to today's show, everyone. We'll be back again Monday to recap the games against the Rangers, talk a little bit about the women's hockey from the weekend. And it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us your Flyers thoughts via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers or by email to LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com.
1: I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel.
0: I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Have a great weekend, everyone.